The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Hello. This is Fantastic Tuesday, and I hope you're having a great day. And welcome to the Transformation for Success show. You know, I am so excited as we have a very dynamic and inspiring guest today, Dr. Judith Wright. You know, are you looking for something better or something different? Are you stuck in a rut? Are you feeling there's something more for you? Do you have a plan for success? Well, you've tuned in to the right show to help you discover a future for change. I'd like to actually change that G in change to C, which makes the word chance. Do you want to take a chance with developing a new vision and creative solutions to impact a more fulfilling and successful life for you? Well, you know, you always hear about people who've had lots of success and lived the dream. But what did they have to do to get there to enjoy all the benefits? Carl Jung stated, your vision will become clear only when you look into your heart. So often people are looking out there for all of the answers. But the reality of it is, as Dr. Judith is going to share with us today, is that if you have the courage to look within your heart, you are going to find all of the answers because you have everything you need right inside of you. So listeners, I want you today, look inside yourself, quiet your mind, open your hearts and give it a chance to speak because oftentimes we hear, but we don't hear and we see, but we don't see. So I want you to know that you are wonderful and beautifully made and created by the master craftsman himself. And I want to first give a big thanks from the bottom of my heart to all of those who have served as guests on the Transformation for Success show on the Empowerment Channel, for truly it has been through the sharing of their transformational journeys and caring that have helped us to learn and grow. And yes, we are now on the Empowerment Channel on Tuesdays at 12 noon and the Women's Channel on Fridays at 12 noon. And remember, all of my previous shows can be downloaded on www.transformationforsuccess.com. So I invite you to call in the show today or contact me via Facebook or Twitter and keep those emails and downloads coming because this show is designed to inspire you, give you guidance and principles to help you on the path to greater emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being in your personal and professional life. So my guest today is called America's Ultimate Expert. She's hailed as a peerless educator, world-class coach, lifestyles expert, 
inspirational speaker, best-selling author, and corporate consultant. And she's drop-dead gorgeous. So good, good afternoon, Judith. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. I want to share a little bit more because uh, you really, really have done really been very, very successful, and I'm so happy to have you on the show to share with our listeners. And uh, really, Judith has appeared on, Dr. Judith, I like to say that because she has her doctorate, has appeared on more than 500 radio stations, and we are so fortunate to have her on the Voice America Empowerment and Women's Channel, and some 80 television programs, including ABC's 2020, Oprah, Good Morning America, and The Today Show, and many, many others. And her work has been featured in numerous magazines across the country and newspapers. She's energetic, charismatic, and known to be an engaging speaker. And she's an expert on relationships, creative conflict, and work productivity. She's also professor of transformational coaching and president of the Wright Graduate University for the realization of human potential that she co-founded with her husband, Dr. Bob Wright. Call your friends to listen in and remember to download the show if you miss it at www.transformationforsuccess.com. So, Judith, again, I'm delighted to have you on the show and thank you so much for taking time from your busy, busy schedule today to share with our listeners. Well, thanks for sharing with me. I, I love the opportunity. Thank you. Well, you know, you've had quite a, an interesting journey. I mean, it's like, wow. Uh, I, I was looking at your all of your background and reading about you and learning about you, and I feel like we have so much in common. I am just, just raring to go. But, you know, share how all this began, because I tell you, you have done so much and, and been such an incredible, remarkable leader as well. So share with us where this all began. Well, you know, it's hard to always tell the beginning of a story, but <laughs> I grew up in a factory town, and I think that's part of the story because I grew up in Flint, Michigan, which is oh, really? in the news a lot now. Yeah, and yeah. You know, most of the people, you know, work for General Motors, and it's a union town. And, right. and as I was, you know, and I was growing up, I'm like, wow, there's got to be something more to life. What is there? You know, what could there be? And I was was trying to find that for myself, even as a little little girl. So I decided I could study. I could become a good student. That's something I could do. <laughs> So I did do that, and I became a good student, and I became a student leader, and I led lots of things really young. I, there wasn't something to lead. I made it up because I really enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed that. So I was, you know, somewhere in my journey I was learning about hard work and effort and setting goals and achieving. But also all this time, even as a young girl and, and young woman, I was chubby. I was fat. I was kind of uh, un, unfulfilled, really? unhappy inside. So I, I understood about success, but I didn't understand about what it really took to be fulfilled. Filled. And I think that's mm-hmm. been my journey to really see what that was because I followed the formula of what I thought you should do to mm-hmm. be a good person and don't make mm-hmm. waves and be nice and uh, mm-hmm. achieve and do well. And I did that. And there's mm-hmm. many other pieces to the journey. But uh, I also had this unfulfilled, empty kind of feeling, kind of a numbing mm-hmm. inside. Right. And that, I think, has been my motivation to really find out, wait a minute, what is this? And I can fill in more of the story, but uh, <laughs> as I go through Yeah, but I understand. Life, but- I, well, I could, you know, as I told you, uh, I could really resonate uh, with some of this. I grew up in a small town, Muskogee, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I grew up thinking there's got to be more than this. Right. Um, and, and realizing that there was something more than that. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I learned, and I know you share this because I'm hearing from your story and reading, too, more about you, that 
although we were given a certain script, we were born with a script, but you had a chance to rewrite the script, and that's what you did. <laughs> but I think that's you're know, well put, right? <laughs> but I want to ask you this: where, where were you in terms of the order, the birth order? Were you the eldest child? No, no, no. I'm a middle child, which is part of the story as well. So I'm a, you know, oh. a middle child, and, and I'm trying to find my place in the sun, you know, in, in my family, and I had, uh-huh. and, and with, and all sisters. So there's a lot of competitiveness and 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 love and fighting and all the things that go with being sisters. But I think a lot of it, and I think, is the beginning of some of my mistaken beliefs. I had to change over time, as I felt like, well, I just I have to be perfect in order to be loved. I have to be really good in order to mm. be. I have to really do things well. And I think that was part of my issue. I kept doing things so that I would then be okay rather than getting to a place of being okay. And, and what happened for me is I just, you know, I kept being successful, uh-huh. and I thought that was it. I mean, even in um, college and my early careers, I was really good at setting goals. I had a strong will and, and achieving those. But I'm uh-huh. also fat and unfulfilled, and I can't figure this out. And I uh-huh. kept thinking, oh, I know, it must be because I'm fat. So then I lost weight, so then I was thin and successful, but I was still really empty. I still, something was just missing yeah, for me. Yeah. You know, and then what is it? And then, of course, being a woman, I said, oh, I must need a man. You know, I have a man. <laughs> then, then everything will be okay. <laughs> okay, ladies out there, listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got into a relationship with my college sweetheart who looked like Sylvester Stallone in those early Rocky movies and had this genius IQ. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is it. I've got the genius stud and I've got career success and I'm thin and yeah, great. But it really wasn't, and and I kept and I even during this time I'd reached national prominence in about two different careers by the time I was twenty eight or twenty nine. So I thought, wow, this should be it. I'm successful. People recognize that. I'm thin. I've got a guy. What's the matter? And I really that was really disturbing to me because I felt so unfulfilled, so empty. I, I told my sister that I felt like I had a hole in my heart that the cold wind could blow through. There was just wow. this emptiness wow. in there. And now I think that was, and then, you know, I'm in my late 20s, early 30s, probably just late 20s at that point. And then, well, wow, is this it? Like, I have 60 more years of this. And my uh-huh. friends are saying, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. And I say, oh, what is the matter with me that I don't feel lucky? Right. But, and, right. Uh, you know, I really had some soul searching and work to do to realize, you know, what it really, what was really going on. And that really compelled my journey to really my own transformation, then to, then to do research and study about what is this, what do people need to mm-hmm. do so that I could teach others to do the same. Well, how did you, you know, you have such a successful trajectory. How did you become involved, I know, uh, with a program for students with disabilities, which led to, uh, well, on the national level and led to a lot of your uh, prominence yeah. and expertise. How did you become involved with, with that program for students with disabilities? Well, you know, I was always something that was, yeah, it is, it's, it's always something I was interested in. My family had a kind of a, a service background, and we just, you know, we just always were doing things in that community or whatever, and I was, I think I empathized. I think I could see, you know, people who were struggling with different kinds of uh, disabilities and uh, how difficult it was and mm-hmm. how much people were misunderstood and not seen and uh, how uh, people misjudged or just immediately dismissed someone. I think I had sensitivity to that. 
that. I think that there is some way that I think we all have our own issues. Those are just more public. They're more more seeable, right, more right, knowable right. in that way. And I think that was something I was resonating with. And also, my mother had gotten a second career. Um, she had a whole interesting trajectory herself and gone back to school and got her master's degree at, at, in her 50s and then became the um, uh, director of public relations for Goodwill Industries. So I had a lot of exposure to oh, things right. that way as well. Right. But it was something right. that really was of huge interest to me, and I was able to uh, work in these wonderful programs before they were existed as model programs to develop uh, on a college campus. You know, how can students with disabling conditions be successful and set up these whole <laughs> programs and wrote grants and counseled the students and was a liaison in the community. And it was really successful. It was really heartwarming to me to see. And then I started programs for little children with developmental disabilities and their families so that they mm-hmm. could get a good start in life. And then these are model demonstration programs. So not only were we serving, we were serving as a model for others to come learn how to do that. And at the level of the work that was very extremely fulfilling, at the same time, even while I'm doing this good work and all these other things are going on, I still was very unfulfilled. And that was what was so confusing to me because if I'm doing all these things and I'm doing good work, what's, what's wrong? What's going yeah, on? And yeah. that was the compelling quest for me. That's understandable. I mean, because here you are, you know, and looking at your background, you know, Judith, I know you're, you're, you know, going fast forward and there are a lot of things that about you, you haven't shared, but I mean, all the things you, you've done uh, that you are success in, everything you seem to set your hand to, and then you become involved where you're giving out, you're giving, giving, giving to students with disabilities. You are successful with a husband and here you still find that there's something missing, but what is that something? What what really? Uh, I'm intrigued uh, by what really led to the first big wake up call. Was there an incident or just something that really happened that said, "I got to do this. I got to find out what's going on." Well, you know, there was two two parts of it. I wish I could say it was an instant, you know, where the sun shone and rainbows mm-hmm. came and music played. And, you know, it wasn't quite like the <laughs> right. movies, but, no, but there we, were two things. We don't things. usually you have know, those experiences. But. <laughs> <laughs> One was really the, the, the students that I was working with were really part of the uh, equation because I realized that many of the people that I was working with, there was a quality of life that they had that I didn't have, that many of these people were, uh, I was inspired by being with them. They were happier than I was. They were enjoying their life more than I was. And I'm like, wow, what's going on? And I, that's part of my wake-up. That was the first wake-up. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, I've got it all wrong. I thought I had to have the perfect mind, the perfect circumstances, the perfect body, the perfect whatever. Then I'd be fulfilled. Right, and these right. people that I'm working with, they didn't have perfect minds or perfect bodies or perfect circumstances, and yet there was a quality of life that they had that I did not have. And that was really compelling for me. And I realized, wow, I'm living sort of some formula, what I think is supposed to bring me something that wasn't the game they were playing they you know and what i loved about them was how real they were, that when they were frustrated, I knew it. When they were sad, I knew it. When they were angry, when they were joyous, when they were celebrating, there was a presence and in the moment that they had, that there was a quality of engagement in life that wasn't so future-focused. And I started to learn that what I loved about them wasn't the perfection. What I loved about them was the realness and that, that the struggle of the day and the triumph of it. And that was a huge wake-up call. So that was number one wake-up call. And that's when I started to wow. shift things okay. for myself. And started right. to look at life that differently. Is, that's yeah. wonderful. 
<laughs> Judith, I really want to thank you for sharing that because there's so many people that I know are feeling, and, I, and I've met so many who are still feeling that frustration that, that you have. They have perfect lives. They have seem to have everything going, but there's that inner that inner feeling that it's not quite right. So right. we're going to take a quick commercial break, listeners, and we're going to come back and listen to Dr. Judith Raw talk about the second wake-up call that led her on her transformational journey. So thank you, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for The Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back to Transformation for Success. As we continue the show with my guest today, Dr. Judith Wright, a respected leader, coach, best-selling author, and corporate consultant dedicated to helping individuals bring out their best personally and professionally. So welcome back, Dr. Judith, and we're going to talk about what was your second big wake-up call. Well, it's, it's all part of the journey, so I've kind of, you know, awakened to the, in, in some ways, to make more of my inner life in that way. Then I actually started, it kind of led to the second one. I started to live a little differently. I started, instead mm-hmm. of being so focused on this formula or the externals or trying to please or trying to do it right, I mm-hmm. focused more on being more real and more genuine and in the moment and learning what I cared about and what matters. So good at reading what other people wanted. I hadn't really read what I needed or wanted inside, so I started living differently. I started experimenting differently. I left that relationship I told you about. It was good on the outside, but not so good on the inside. And I started going about my my life differently. (laughs) 
I even you got started the, to you tell got the, the you know. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy who dreams and it doesn't work out right. <laughs> well, and I, I started dating again. I started dating differently. I actually ah. started telling the truth on dates. And, you know, the studies show that 100% of dating couples lie. <laughs> so that means all of so us. What did, you, what did you tell the truth about? What were you well, sharing uh, the truth about? Well, I, uh, well, I'll give you the example. So I was uh-huh. on this blind date with this guy, and I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, rather than saying, oh, that's interesting, when inside I really didn't think it was, or uh, <laughs> just trying to, you know, okay. <laughs> get along. Okay. So I was on a blind date with this guy, and I said, okay, I'm going to be genuine here. If I like something, I'll say it. If I don't, I won't. I'll challenge. I won't just go along. I, and I did that, and he was doing the same with me. It was so fascinating because we'd say more truthfully what we thought. We'd react to what the other one said. We'd give her a sense of it. We'd challenge each other, and we'd talk for hours. Well, it turned out that night that I actually had literally met my Mr. Wright because I married Bob Wright, and that was <laughs> in that exchange. And, and that actually, meeting Bob was my second wake-up call in many ways. So, you know, but I had to kind of set the, create that to make that happen in many ways and to be more real. But it was, you know, he's an, he's an amazing man. He was my second wake-up call and he continues to be because... <laughs> well, that would be great. I mean, how fortunate you are because many, many women and men don't find... Uh, they're true, I guess you'd say in your sense, soulmate, and a person that challenges you. But, you know, I want to go back to something that I think is so interesting, and particularly when you decide to be more real and be yeah. me. Did you yeah. did you make that a goal? Did you what did you start uh, soul searching? You know, reading books, yeah. or did did you yeah. go into isolation, or you know, with yourself? You know, how, how did you get to that point? Because there's so many of us that still have this false exterior and really scared to look at the be real. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, it is. It is scary. You know, it's scary. What? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you. And I really need to allow my feelings to come up. You know, I really needed to mm-hmm. be with myself in a way and let my pain and sadness come up that was underneath that emptiness to allow my anger to be more mobilized. I really needed. I was a sensitive woman. I always had my feelings, but I kept them in more fully, and I wasn't letting right. them out. So that that was part of it. I think just really getting in touch with my feelings because they're so important. There's so much wisdom in them. But I did do pretty much all the things you just listed. I. I read a lot. I, I sought coaching. I did uh, more contemplation. I was out in nature. But, you know, part of it, I started to realize that I decided I was so sick of sleepwalking through my life. I was so mm-hmm. sick of feeling like I was, like, wrapped in cotton. I, I was, there was a numbness in me. And that was my motivation, too. I'm like, no, I don't want to live that way. Right. And what would that take? You know, and so I started to really look at... What were the ways that, what were the things I could do and people I'd be with that helped me feel more present, more awake, mm-hmm. and what, what fills me and what numbs me? And that started to be a sorting for me. So I started to be with people that were more enlivening. I sought things that helped me be more awake, whether it was beautiful music or reading inspirational literature or nature or things that I was you know, reading, thinking about. I was on this quest and I started to let go of those mind numbing things. That was another one of my journeys to discover what I later mm-hmm. called. Mm-hmm. when we coined the term about soft addictions, but to let go of those things that contributed to that numbing, sleepwalking feeling and to say yes to the things that helped me feel more present and more alive and more awake. So that was, that was kind of my quest, yeah. to really be conscious, awake, and engaged, and then to judge things from that and make my decisions from that. 
That is so good. And I know possibly because of all the experiences you've had and, uh, you know, and I just resonated with the sleepwalking because I, I had an experience where I looked around and I felt like most of the people walking around and I have such passion and empathy are like yeah. zombies. It's like they're walking, yeah. they're just, I hate to say that, but just really well, walking very numb as you were right, and not, and right. some Judith, the sad part is never do wake up. Right, they don't wake right. up. They don't. And so I, I want to admire you and thank you for the work that you and your husband are doing to really help people to really tap into that. And, and oh, my God, this mind-numbing. I like that word, mind-numbing experience. Yeah. But yeah. I, I want to ask, too, you said, you know, when you were young, you were chubby, and you had mm-hmm. to get out of that, that mm-hmm. mindset. Was, was that difficult to do? Because I'm telling you, we're living in a society where so many women and men are obese. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, 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 yeah. and whew, boy, you talk about, you know, a challenge. And so is that a mindset? I mean, how did you change that? Because you went from being chubby yeah. and then having to come out of that mindset. And I know this is going to help somebody, too. With that personal transformation came also the weight, losing the weight. Yes. Can you kind of address a little bit of that? Yeah, I'd be glad to because I know it's such an issue, and it was for me, and it is for so many. But, you know, there were two stages to that, Barbara. But the first one was, you know, going on a food plan and losing weight. That was one thing, and just, you know, getting the weight off. But I was still obsessed with food. You know, I was thinking about it. When can I eat? How much can I eat? When's the next time to eat? I mean, I had this primary relationship with food, even though I was thin. It was a constant struggle. That's no longer the case, and this was really amazing to me because as I started on this journey to really what I later labeled and, and found in my research, as we're, as I went on this journey to find out what really does feed me, you know, what's fulfilling to me, what I ended up in the research calling my deeper yearnings, when I could really meet what it is I really yearned for very deeply, the yearning to love and be loved, to connect, to matter, to make a difference, to, to really be seen and heard, all the things that every human being craves and yearns for right, long right. so deeply. As I went about my life fulfilling those kinds of hungers, I found that my relationship with food totally shifted. I no longer looked to food, so I never had to diet again. I never had to struggle with it. I've never, I, don't, I can eat anything I want. Now my tastes have changed, and I don't you know, gorge myself in the ways that I used to, but mm-hmm. it's really something because I thought I'd be battling it the rest of my life, and it's not the case. As I started to feed myself, not just food, but feed myself nourishment and meet those deeper, deeper spiritual hungers, those soul mm-hmm. hungers, mm-hmm. my relationship relationship with food really changed, and my relationship with my body changed. And I, I'm so grateful. I could just cry thinking about it because I thought it would be uh, mm-hmm. just this lifelong struggle of, uh, of just being so obsessed with it all the time, and it's no longer, it's just not an issue. And food's a, a delightful thing for me, but it's not, a, not this battle anymore, and that I never is, knew that could happen. That is so wonderful. You know, I remember a statement, I think Oprah may have made the statement, and I resonated, what are you really, really, really really want? And that question, I think, resonates. I mean, so the listeners out there, you know, to tap into that, what do you really, really, really want? Those are those deep inner urges. And uh, that's why I'm a strong proponent. And I've shared yesterday with a group of youngsters about journaling, like journaling your feelings, uh, writing it down, you know, what do you really, 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 really want those deeper inner urges. And so you were able to discover that. But also what I noticed you change the switch. I call it switch changing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. just came to me. When you change the switch because you went from one particular hunger or satisfaction, you changed it to another because you started tapping into the spiritual 
aspects when of it, you. Yeah, it was what? fascinating. And, and now, you know, I've been studying so much and do a lot of research when this graduate university. It's so amazing. But, and I found out more now, more recently, about the neuroscience of the whole thing, that we have kind of two pleasure centers in our, in our brains. One mm-hmm. is that one that wants the quick fix and the craving and the food and the donut or the shoes or the shopping or getting on Facebook mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's, it, and, it's all, it's, and it's fueled by dopamine. So you get that little immediate kind of high, and, it's, and oh, we need right. it. It's a part that kind of gets us motivated and does things, and it's important, but it doesn't fulfill us. It doesn't last. And there's another pleasure center that I call the yearning center. The neuroscientists call it the satisfaction center, and it's fueled by opioids, so you can kind of get that more blissful, ah, that satisfied pause. And most of us know what we want more than what we deeply yearn for, and it's only when we meet what we yearn for that we can have a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. And even oftentimes we have what they call miswanting. The positive psychologists call miswanting. We want something, mistakenly thinking that it will make us happy, and then it doesn't. We're actually pretty, we're poor affective forecasters, meaning we're pretty bad at predicting what's going to make us happy or even what's going to make us unhappy. And I I had miswanting. I kept, if I have success, if I do this, if I get this, if I Mm -hmm. get the guy or whatever, then I'll be happy. And that will never do it. I had to look at what's underneath that. What is the yearning Mm -hmm. underneath? that when I I yearn to love and be loved I I yearn to connect I yearn to express myself I I yearn to matter I yearn to make a difference and when I fulfill that when I follow those and let that inform my moments then that satisfaction is there so it wasn't you know I really need to look at what I wanted but I had to be a little more suspicious of what I wanted because oftentimes what I wanted wasn't it either I had to go deeper into that what did I hope that would give me what was that deeper hunger that deeper yearning that I had and then guide my life by that. And as I've done that, it's kind of, it's so amazing. And, and then when I did studies of people who do live these great, fulfilling, beautiful, spectacular mm-hmm. lives, that's what they do. And that's why I named it yearning. They really like, they look at what they yearn for, not just mm-hmm. what they want. And that distinction was really helpful for me. And there is a distinction between what you yearn and what you want. You know, yeah. um, one of the things that in your uh, quest, I call it the field of human development, yeah. did you really, I mean, have you discovered, and I know this, uh, that most people, all they want, they want love, they want encouragement. Yeah. Deep down inside. Think- what is the quest all about? And I asked myself that many years ago. Do you, <clears throat> and I want to <clears throat> ask you this question, do you believe in today's society that more individuals are focusing on the external success because there's so much bombarded through social media, which allows us to, what we see and think is on, about social media. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I do. I agree with you. It's so much focus on uh, the success, the way that society and media kind of shows us that, and mm-hmm. it's so addictive, mm-hmm. and that's what we're showing in our TV programs and in the ads and on social media and our friends talk about. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that some sort of success isn't important because it's a way to express your gifts. It's a way to, to have yourself be more in the world. There's some lovely things to that, mm-hmm. but not at the expense of you know, what really matters. And there's not a lot. I mean, I know it exists, but it's not what people are talking about. We're not bombarded with messages about what a real, true, authentic, fulfilling life is all about. And, and you know, there's studies that show, even like when you're, when you're on Facebook or you're reading magazines or whatever, you end up feeling worse because you're comparing yourself to other people <laughs> and saying, I don't have that, I don't have this, and, and that's all oh, because we think that that's what we're supposed to have. 
you know, and it saddens me. And I, you know, I talk to a lot of young people going off to college. You know, it's so concerned, like, what, are, what, are, what am I going to be? What am I going to do? What do I need to study? I'm like, no, wait. Let yourself. It's not what you do. It's who you are. Let yourself explore, experiment, try things, learn everything you can. See what activates you. See what you're interested in. Don't don't make those decisions too soon. Let yourself really explore to with your own interests and develop your lifestyle and really become who what you value and those are the important things and we don't get those messages we get the messages of, of really success do this what are you going to be <laughs> you've got to get a job yeah. And the, yeah yeah we do need to support ourselves of course but wait a minute there's this beautiful life journey that we need to be equipped to live and i've uh, you know i'm sure you you're this way too, Barbara. I just figured we've got it inside out. If we develop from the inside, we'll find how to express it on the outside. And no job, no man, no anything is going to make us happy. It's who we are as a person. And if we're not happy in what we're doing right now, we're not going to be happy with the new job or the new thing or the new man That's or the exactly new right. whatever. It's something we really have to cultivate. And luckily we can. I mean, it really, there's this beautiful way of living that's available, but it's just most of us just don't know and don't, don't know how and don't know what to do. And that's been my quest is to figure that out and to put, and put together the curriculum, the skills, and the research and how to apply this in your life and get that out to as many people as I can because I just d- d- hated that feeling myself and I don't want it for anybody else. Yeah, I, I share the same thing. And one of the things uh, that maybe you can share with us um, in a few minutes, what principles or strategies um, can you maybe share from your personal transformation methodologies that work, one or two or three, that we can just share with the listeners today? First of all, because we've done a lot of talking here about quality of life and being happier and working from the inside out. What some of the just share some of the principles or two or three strategies that you can share with our listeners today. Well, you know, I found this in my own life, and then I really put this, did this as a research study, and it became a big part mm-hmm. of our work. I discovered there's six skills, kind of six phases, six skills that people need. And when you do that, you really can have this transformational life. And if you don't, you might have good stuff in your life, but it won't create this kind of fulfilling difference. So the first one we've been talking about is really this yearning. But then mm-hmm. once we kind of know that what we yearn for, then the second one we need to engage. We need to engage in activities that meet those yearnings. We, and, and that's like living more adventurously, taking more risks being more willing to make mistakes, to really learn in that way, to be more alive and, and really let mm-hmm. our lives be this more novel experience. So that's mm-hmm. kind of engaging more fully. The third one then we call revelating, because once we yearn and engage, to revelate means to reveal, to actually look what are our mistaken beliefs that we have that are limiting us. What, what, are, we, what are we blocked by? What, what is that? What, and to really do more of that deeper work to discover mm-hmm. what we call mm-hmm. our matrix, kind of our matrix of thoughts and feelings and beliefs and habits and to really be aware but also that means that we need to reveal ourselves more fully to like i had to to tell more truth to be more authentic to be more transparent then as we do more of that we discover what we've been unconsciously holding us back and what some of our programming was and then we liberate. That's the next skill. Like you break the rules. You try things differently. You're more strategic about mm-hmm. what you're finding in your insight. You're actually acting on it. So for me, that was really changing the rules, uh, that telling the truth on dates, things like that, to really right, be able right. to challenge those, challenge those mistaken beliefs, make mistakes, find out it was okay, whatever that was. Then mm-hmm. the next one, if we do that strategically and consistently uh, and with a lot of intent and will, we can rematrix, really lay down new tracks of 
empowering beliefs and possibilities. But this takes strategy. This is where most people don't get, and, and they give up about it. There's no quick fix. But that we can, with strategy and consistency, implement these new ways of being until they become part of who we are. And that's where okay. it starts to make the difference. And that, the last one, it's to dedicate. And, that, and you need to dedicate in order to really develop your life according to these principles and these skills. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. We're going to come back and review these six skills. We're going to take a quick break. Listeners, don't go away. Welcome back to Dr. Judith Wright. We'll be right back. Thank you. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Tune in to the Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. Learn about what isn't being said in business that keeps you stuck, under-recognized, and overlooked. Listen in on the exciting, sometimes awkward, and often sensitive subjects that aren't covered during the 9 to 5, but should be. Transform from being stuck to being sought after with Lori's proven concepts. Revolutionize the way you work and up-level your professional presence with the expert in professionalism, Lori Moss. The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. Can be heard every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back to the Transformation for Success show as we continue with my guest today, Dr. Judith Wright, a respected leader, coach, best-selling author, corporate consultant, and I mean, she has done so many things, I tell you, founder of something we're going to talk about a little later with you listeners, so stay tuned, don't go away. So welcome back, Dr. Judith. We were talking about the strategies and principles that you have coined, and I want you to finish that. We had talked about yearning, revelate, liberate, rematrix, and dedicate. Six. I hope I didn't miss any. <laughs> You're missing okay. engaging, but that's kind of in there too. It's yearning, engaging, revelating, liberating, rematrixing. Oh, uh, right. Okay. So we want to yearning, engaging activities and taking risk. And you mentioned yeah. revelate, review, what limiting beliefs you have. That calls for deeper work, does it not? It really does. It really does. Yeah. Uh, and it's really important. You know, do you think you a know, lot of people sort of stop at that level, stop at the yeah. revelating? 
Well, I think that's the problem because you think insight, you know, you get the revelating, you get an aha, there's a little motivational burst you get from that, but it dies pretty quickly. Most people think that's the win. Like you have like, oh, I got it. Well, it doesn't mean anything unless what we found in a research in my own life, if you don't liberate, which is next thing, unless you put it into action and, and need to do that repeatedly. You need to make it part of the strategy of becoming someone else, not just most people stop at the revelating and sometimes they might liberate, they might do something, a thing or two, but and this is where you learn and you grow but you're not really transforming and really making this bigger difference until you do the rematrixing and dedicating. Now, I want to ask a little question there too. In the liberating phase, when you're trying things different, uh, you're, you're laying down well, the new track, the rematrix is laying down new tracks. One of the things yeah. that I have found, and maybe uh, in your research you found this too, is that in some of this, in the liberating and the rematrixing, you have to maybe uh, move away from certain friends. Because I always say you're the average of the five people you hang around with. So when you're on this journey for transformation, I mean, it requires maybe the limiting beliefs. It requires also maybe trying the things different. But maybe some people have to really, you have to really move away from, distance yourself. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, I really do. In fact, that was what we saw in our research when we studied people like this, that they, one of the conditions for all this to happen is you need allies, and you need people around you that challenge you, support you, encourage you, kick you in the butt when you need it. But also, in this journey, as you're becoming your best, oftentimes the people around you are threatened by it or don't like it or, or mm-hmm. like you before or they're uncomfortable. Or And a lot of times you do need to – and another thing we found, a condition of this, is paying the price. And you have to pay the price by sometimes letting go of some friends. It's very hurtful. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if it's – you know, but it also – you have the opportunity to make, make new friends because people do – you do need to be careful about who you're surrounded by. I mean, for the right. best you can, try to empower the people around you so they're on the journey with you, which is great. But if not, your own growth and your development it can't be sacrificed for someone else. It's just – it's not right for you, and it's not right mm-hmm. for the world. It's going to miss the right. gift that you are. Now, the rematrix uh, also laying new tracks means you've got to develop a strategy. So all of that is a part yeah. of a strategy, new allies and, and people right. that challenge you, and you have to be willing to pay the price. And then you get to the final where it's dedicate. Yeah. So ex- elaborate on that, dedicate. I love that. You know, this is- this I found was really important, and I could mm-hmm. in the research we couldn't get it didn't get explained, and the data didn't get explained until we got to that. <laughs> and dedicating means that this is you know I'm just not flirting with this growth thing. You know this is who I am. I'm someone who's transforming. I'm dedicated to realizing my potential. I'm dedicated to becoming the very best person I can become. And there's always a there's always more, and that becomes what your life is about. It's it's kind of having this overriding decision, this commitment. It's kind of what the existential philosophers talked about. It's really this dedicated Dedicating so that that's it's a it's just, I also wrote another book called The One Decision. I think that was related to it. It's like, okay, I'm gonna this is I'm putting my stake in the sand here. <laughs> this is what I'm yeah, about. This is it because yeah. otherwise you. Yeah, because otherwise you're kind of flirting. This kind of growth thing kind of is like a little condiments on your the meal of your life, and you're not changing the full meal. It also means embracing all of it. For me, dedicating was also that, wait, I couldn't just like the good parts of the things that were easy or comfortable. It means I had to take it all and to honor the whole journey, because the journey matters, not just when it turns out the way I wanted it to. But the dedicating is so important, because once you do that, you start, mm-hmm. start doubting yourself so much. You don't spend energy. You close the back door and you say, oh, you know, should I, shouldn't I? No, this is what I decided. 
know, Abraham Maslow said that we need to make the growth choices over the safe choices at least a dozen times a day. Well, if I'm not dedicated to becoming my best self, I'm not right. going to go through that discomfort. Right. You know, I'm not going to do that. That's so true. But if I do remember that's what I care about, then it makes it easier or at least more compelling to take the, make those moves in, in the service of your becoming who you dream yourself to become. You know, if you dream it and believe it, you can become. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I tell you, this whole dedicating uh, to me resonates with me. And I know for the listeners out there that this has been some good information um, that Judith has shared with us today on these six principles. And really, if you're on a journey for transformation and you really, really want to put it to work, because life is a journey and it, it never stops, it never ends. I feel like I'm learning. Uh, I'm, and really, I'm open to learning new things. So don't close yourself off, but to open your hearts, as I said earlier, open your hearts, open your minds today, because this is very very interesting, but it's also very educational. So, Judith, again, I can't thank you enough for sharing those six yeah. principles. Lastly, I, and this is not the last question, but you're founder of so- Sophia, I guess it's Sophia, yeah. the Society, yeah, yes. Society of Femininity and Action. And I wanted you to share uh, with the listeners uh, about this revolutionary leadership training for women that you're doing. You know, it's been one of the things of my heart. You know, I realized it was really the study and this real deep investigation into feminine power. So I started mm-hmm. Sophia to, to really be with them and be with women and really realize in the unique gifts that a, a woman has and that we don't have exactly a society that knows what those are, are honors that we're more masculine. It's, I think there's changes going on now. And I don't mean just male, female, but the masculine values. And I think our world is out of balance because of that, because it's not harmonized with the feminine values. Right. Of, right. of relationship and nurturance and the things that are really important. And I think that as a, part of our development is we really need to discover wh- what our gifts are as a man or a woman and really develop mm-hmm. those. So I've been studying feminine power and feminine leadership and uh, for over 25 years now and, and with many, many women. And now we've developed a whole curriculum and what that is. And it's so empowering and it adds to the quality of life so compellingly i it's been a and i I just even look forward to what we're going to discover more of it's just really for a woman to unleash her feminine power it's like she it's like we have a superpower that we haven't even known about much less developed but as we do it brings a sense of of wholeness and it brings Mm -hmm. a sense of fulfillment because until we honor that and honor our full identity it's really very difficult to be fulfilled now with this uh group of women how many do you have in your training group you know, we, we there's actually we uh, so many. There's there's different levels of it. We have women. Mm-hmm. We call we have a wild group. That's a women in leadership development, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is great. Okay, but, I and, like that. And any any time there's you know up to like thirty women in that, but there's hundreds actually. And then we've taken the skills of the the living with feminine values, and we've taken it into all of our curriculum. Right now, I'm teaching a quarter long course in personal power, men and women, and we're learning both masculine power skills and feminine power skills. Like last week, every Everyone practice the power of silence. This week, they're practicing the power of agreeing with someone and telling people what you like and knowing what you like inside of yourself. Those are more feminine skills. But then they're also having asking for things, which is more masculine, it's more projecting, is more going for it. So we've even woven the curriculum in for men and women to empower men right. and to empower women. I like that. I like the power of silence. <laughs> How long are you going to be silent? <laughs> How long? How long do they have to be silent? 
<laughs> well, it's really just it's holding a space. It's, it's, it was profound. I just heard them all reporting it. They would do an assignment in their lives, and they come back and report it in the next class. It was profound, men being silent with their children and seeing what emerged from them, the women holding the space and people telling them how much they appreciated them. So it wasn't so much time, but really this presence and this silence and realizing just providing that uh, reflective space. Just, <laughs> they, were, they were so blown away by how much power they had by just shutting up. But it wasn't just shutting up. It was being really <laughs> present with someone and providing that opportunity for others. It was, it's an amazing thing. It is amazing. I think uh, it could be probably more applicable to women sometimes uh, for us to just be silent, (laughs) especially with our husbands or sometimes, you know, there's a time for a voice, but there's a time that I think silence wins out. So (laughs) I like that, the power of silence. I may use that, Judith, if you don't mind. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And the power of asking for things, because I don't think uh, as women, we really know how to make the ask. And I'm not, you know, in many situations. So we could go on and on. I tell you, there's so much (laughs) that I want to glean from you. (laughs) But but it's just been a wonderful time to uh, share with you, and there's a lot more I want to share. But one of the things is that you got a book that just came out. Oh my goodness, I can't uh, forget that. You got a new I book that it. just came out in February. It did. It did. It's called. I wrote it with my husband Bob. We co-wrote it as we did our book Transform. We co-wrote together. So heart of the fight. It's really taking all these. It's the same six things we talked about, but applying in relationship. It's mm-hmm. really. It's the skills of living a fulfilling, satisfying relationship. Whether you're in a committed relationship or dating or any relationship, even business relationships, the skills apply because what most of what we're told about relationships is really bad advice, and there really are things that make a huge difference, but. Similarly, we have to be willing to engage. We have to roll up our sleeves. You know, love is messy. Right. And we need to get into the mess to really find the, the gems and, and really learn and grow through a relationship. I'm so excited about this book. It's brand new. It's wow, I, it's couldn't, I could thrill. not. I just felt I could not uh, close the show, which we have a few more minutes to talk about it, but to really talk about the book and uh, that it just released in February. So where can people get the book? You can get one great place is go to our website, heartofthefight.com. 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 You can get that book. And you know what, Judith? Um, I'm going to put you right on the air on the spot, maybe. But I'd like to have you and Bob maybe come on the show and talk about that because we um, will be dedicating a month to relationships because it's oh. really. Uh, provocative topic uh, yeah. and a very yeah. <laughs> hot topic right now about relationships and I think one of the biggest needs too as we look yeah. universally uh, is yeah. people looking for love, looking for relationships and so really would like to have maybe the both of you if you consider oh, maybe we would- talking about that book. We would love that, Barbara. To love, you know, it's our own relationship that we practice all the time and it's something we love with both Bob and, and, and myself. We would love to do that so thank you. Because it would help so many people out there. Now, I uh, want to ask you a few more questions because, gosh, you just got so much, uh, so much energy and so many th- answers for so many people out there who are looking and searching. Uh, you know, life is a journey uh, and a carving way at a lot of worry and doubt and fear and a lot of negative emotions that hold people back. Um, as a pioneer in the field of human development, did you ever believe or imagine coming into national prominence with this subject and, and your husband? 
Would you have ever thought about that? <laughs> oh, no, not no, not at all. I mean, not at all. I was pretty shy. This just isn't, you know, not a, not at all. And I think that's been part of it. You know, and I think part of it is that, um, you know, allowing this journey, kind of these things happen. But also that Bob is a, a, holds amazing vision for me, and it helps me hold it where I can't hold it for myself until I can. And that's something actually we we teach because really being able to create a vision for yourself, but having other people hold a vision for you, so you can live into that. Sometimes. Yeah. It's really important. I would have never, if you would have gone back in time and told me that this would be my future, I would have thought you were on drugs or something. I would not have believed you at all. It's really kind of a, a fast, and it wasn't why I did it. You know, it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of a beautiful outpouring that occurs. But it wasn't the trajectory I was on. It's something that kind of happened throughout uh, and, and many, many mm-hmm. blessings in my life. But, you know, as I thought about this, as you, as I read about your story and some of the things that happened to you, um, and how successful you've been, and to see that even though there were challenges, uh, Judith, that you had to face, yeah. but when you look back upon it and reflect, all of these experiences that you went through, negative and positive, were all to shape you for where you are today, to be able to talk about human development, personal transformation, because you've experienced it. And well, I and I think true. what I'm saying, too, is to encourage people out there, because I can feel a lot of people's pain, even, even right now, that you're thinking, where, why am I going through this? How does this all fit? Because it seems so bleak, but there is a light ahead. And I'm sure at times you were thinking, and certainly as you heard Judith talking about how empty she felt. And I know there are people out there that feel that emptiness. And there are a lot of people who are in churches who feel that emptiness because they really haven't tapped into that inner urge, that inner person. So I I, I just, you know, happened to think about that and wanted to reflect upon that, Judith, because you are what you are. It's what you were then is what you are now. Because all of those experiences have led you to become this woman who is this nationally acclaimed, prominent, dynamic, inspirational speaker. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, it's <laughs> beautiful, we Barbara, and just so lovely what you're saying. Well, and there really is, there always is hope, and in those moments of darkness, it's really hard to see that and to understand, you know, the bigger picture. You know, and part of it for me was a journey of really being able to be with my emotions and feel those things and to comfort myself in my pain and to reach out for the support when I needed it, to kind of move through those and then see how they're part of the tapestry of your life because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any of it. And it doesn't mean that many of the episodes in my life weren't tremendously painful, but I wouldn't trade any of it. They were part of my journey. They're part of how I've become who I've become, and I will still have tough times. I still have you know, things that, that come in my life and will continue to. And I can embrace it now that I can deal more with my pain and my feelings. I can move my way through those and learn from them rather than trying to suffer or try to get through them. I can actually gentle myself in a way to, to be with that. And to, I think that well, how you're just really expressing the hope and the possibilities, there really is that. There always is. There is a, a reason for things. There is a journey we're on. There is there is a goodness in all of us and in life we we can we can do this it's not none of us ever need to give up we never need to limit ourselves or settle there's a beautiful oh. destiny for all of us if we do the work to do that and have the support to do it and i i really thank you for all of your wisdom you know one last question as we get ready to close the show is that i know this might be an awkward question but 
what life lesson, as you look back, would you be willing to pay for? <laughs> I know that's a that's not a trick question, but it's an honest one from my heart because there are some well, things as I look back. What would I have been willing to pay for? <laughs> well, you know, almost everything I've gone through, I have been willing to pay for. You know, and kind of I think what we're seeing right now, like the biggest life, you know, in, in many ways, is to realize that. Uh, even when things are tough, that doesn't, it, it, this too can be tended to, you know, that, that there are ways. What I've learned is with enough emotional and uh, facility and enough support, we can go through anything and be transformed by that. And I, yes. that's been what's so been amazing to me, even in some of the tenderest times, that the kindness of other people, the, the, someone holding your hand, someone believing in you and, and providing that for others and being able to cry my big old tears and shake with fear and rage and allow those feelings so I don't have to avoid life, that there's nothing I need to avoid. Pain is just pain. It's not fun. I'm not going to pretend that. But, you know, the pain is, Louis C.K. says, a pain is poetic. You know, pain actually has a beauty to it. We, if we can embrace that more fully rather than resist it. It's almost if we can allow it to go through us like weather, you know, and allow it to be there. We don't need to avoid anything in life. And that, that was one of the biggest things for me. I don't have to have it all perfect. I just need to feel and to let myself learn. Well, I just want to thank you so much. Um, as I close the show today, listeners, I just want to thank Judith for being so authentic and transparent to the listeners today. And I know that many of you will take her advice to never stop studying, learning, yearning, and becoming all that the great creator meant you to be. We all have been handed a destiny, and our job is merely to walk it out. So listeners, I encourage you to be grateful, to be humble, to be inspired, and be forever transformed. Until next week, this is Dr. Barbara Young, your Transformation for Success coach, signing off. And Judith, keep well on your journey to future success. And I look forward to meeting you in person. Thank you so much. Thank you, Barbara, so much. Blessings. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.